Thank you for joining us today for this episode of Hunt the World with Rolling Bones Outdoors. Take two. Welcome to the Bone Cave. Welcome to the Bone Cave twice. This is some funny sh- right here, everybody. We just recorded an entire recording for 58 minutes, roughly is the best I can tell because I didn't start my timer, but I'm going to start my timer now, which I do have it started, on uh, recoil management. Recoil <laughs> management. What the hell? And uh, it was really good, and it didn't work out so well because uh, we're trying to do this uh, um, first time with all the studio equipment ourselves, and guess what? We got an education. Yes. It's no different than felt recoil. You get an education. Big rifles educate you faster than small rifles. Next time, Bailey, if you read that we did something wrong, just let us know earlier. <laughs> Dude, so anyway, I got Brad Page Dana. Page 18. <laughs> I got Brad Dana here, and uh, he's heading out tomorrow uh, for for four or five days, and he brought his wonderful and vivacious and dynamic and uh, uh, personality-driven uh, Bailey. That would be his daughter with him today, and so she's in studio. She's making sure we don't screw up a second time in a row, so thank you, Bailey. Anyway, we are going to do a podcast for felt recoil and uh, and and the How effects did this of recoil. Come about? Yes. Well, well, here's you asked me on the last one that we didn't get recorded that we should have recorded that was really good in my opinion. Um, you said um, what you started it by going, "What rifle did you hunt with all season?" Right. And what did I say? Six Creedmoor. Six Creedmoor. And some people cringe. I know there's yeah. outfitters going, oh, my God, don't do this on little rifles. Almost everywhere we went, everybody's like, what are you shooting? Right. Actually, what I did was I quit telling people. Yeah. I didn't say that. I just didn't even say nothing. I'd come into camp. So what caliber are you shooting? I'm the one that kills the best for me. And then they'd go, okay, is that a trick question? And I'd be like, yeah, I'm not even Truth saying. be told, though, I, the last hunt, which was just a couple of weeks ago, everybody asked. And they said, what? Everybody did ask, and I'm like, finally, I was just like, the hell with it. Yeah. I'm So I'm shooting a six Creedmoor. What? And I'm like, yeah, because we were on an elk hunt in, Air, uh, in New Mexico yeah. for trophy elk late season. Yep. And uh, we both killed bulls well over 330. Yeah. And you shot yours with a 6.5, essentially a PRC. I, I brought both rifles because I, I hunted with my six Creedmoor all year long also. Yep. And I brought both rifles. And I basically made a decision because we basically have our six Creedmoors built as a prairie rifle. Mm-hmm. And then about mountain. 11 pound guns. Yeah. And our mountain rifle is a? Is 6.5. 6.5 so PRC or Sherman Shorts right. is what we're bringing along. Right. And those are built. You shoot the Wildcat. I shoot the PRC. Yep. And so they're, it's six of one half dozen. I mean, uh, there's, it, you know, I mean, uh, that's immaterial differences. Almost. Right. But, uh, but those guns are about nine and a half pounds. And we showed up, camp was at 10,000 feet, and the mountains were really steep, and I wasn't in as good a shape as I should have been. Well, December. I was in shape. If you call this little soft, curvy thing around your belt line like a pear, I was kind of like a, a shape of a pear with um, legs. That was the shape I was in. <laughs> <laughs> so I basically made the decision when I showed up. Maybe a skinny camp. pear, but I was yeah. a pear. So that that was when I knew what I was hunting with. I was I picked my lightest rifle to carry because we were hunting at eleven thousand feet and it was steep. And I was like, yeah, I'm bringing a more packable gun. You brought your heavier gun. Well, I brought them both also. 
But on the hunt, I said the hell with it. I lightened my pack a little bit. And I was regretting it the first day because I wanted to take my spotting scope too because I got this new uh, uh, mag mag view. And I tried to be dealers so we could sell them, but just go to magview.com and buy one. Um, I'd love to sell these things. I'd sell a million of them. But uh, anyway, I wanted to take my uh, spotting scope with my mag view, which I did. And then plus the rifle. But I ditched everything else in my pack. It was pretty light. Um, and uh, I didn't have a lot in it. And and for the most part, I always pack light anyway. But I did pack that rifle. And the first day, we went straight up to the tippy top. And in the morning, in snow up to my knee. And I was sweating my butt off. And that rifle was heavy. However. So why did you bring and hunt with a 6 Creedmoor shooting a 108 grain bullet all year long. Well, because you and I split up a lot of the times in these camps this year so we could expose ourselves to more guides and more scenarios when we were vetting. And so we could have more exposure. If I don't have the six, well, first of all, I'm a pansy ass, okay? Just, I don't like big kicking guns. I really don't. Um, They do nothing for me. Um, But kick. But kick. (laughs) And I'm mostly a double lung shooter not very often do i try to high shoulder shot or even you know it's like my crosshair is already always just taking them out because as a kid i grew up as archery hunter so everything was double lung and so i've just always been take both the lungs out muscle memory for you goes right behind the shoulder 100 percent. lower third that's let it rip that's where your muscle memory takes you yep 100%. 100%. And that's what you're comfortable and with. And I, I, you know, when I started hunting with a rifle in northern Wisconsin, I had a buddy that said, you know, I go just behind the neck to the point of the shoulder. Well, they didn't call it a high shoulder shot or he didn't. And I was like, that's where you shoot him? He's like, yeah, they drop immediately. And I was like, that's really a good idea. And, but he was a rifle hunter and that's all he had. That's the only shot he ever shot, took. You know what I'm saying? That was what he wanted is basically a low neck shot, high shoulder shot and shut him off. I, I just, that was his muscle memory. Mine was right behind the lungs. So, so serendipitously, we've just found out that these calibers, using a good bullet, are doing amazing thing and and it maybe goes contrary to conventional wisdom that you need a 30-06 or a 300 wind mag yeah i don't think you do i think these modern day john snow said it right listen go no go learn the modern day uh precision cartridges go learn them better than anybody else find the ammo that works and and just become a student of it they're the way of the future and i think that that's exactly what's happened um it's uh um it's, you know, it 100% is uh, for us, and we can follow the shot. Yeah, that's the, that's the reason. That's essentially the reason. You can follow the because shot. Because at 450 yards, I high-shouldered that bull, and it dropped like a hammer, like a bag of potatoes out of the back of a truck. And, uh, um, and then I stayed right on it. I watched it slide down the mountain when it kind of give up, you know what I'm saying, and relaxed. And it – and then I was able to put it right on the crease of its, you know, right. uh, elbow. And I watched that bullet hit it right where its heart's at. And when you saw that, yep. that shot went in and messed up everything on yep. the inside. The high shoulder took him out, shot it twice, and he was hung up in some of that, uh, you know, pinion-type bush stuff. Yeah, because yeah, we, for the past, what, 15 years, you've done necropsies on everything with me. Yeah, the, and, 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 and even uh, when you're not with, I begrudgingly <laughs> lay it all out and take a picture for you. <laughs> but it's interesting to me, the 6 Creedmoor, the 22 Creedmoor that we've been – I mean, the 22 Creedmoor is almost too much of a good thing. 
I mean, when you put that bullet in the boiler room and it's at 300 yards, it's a hot mess inside there, isn't it? Oh, my God. It's, it tears it. It explodes. It's like, what the heck? Well, we shot that bucket 200 yards facing us, 180 yards facing me. And I put it right on the point of its uh, chest and its neck where yeah. it comes together, and I let it rip. And that bullet went all the way. I mean, it was clear into the – it was like you gut shot it. But the problem was it was like a, a blender from its heart to its hips. And even the meat, it was hard on the meat. It was it hard was, on it. It You had – so you took that shot, you shot that animal. That was last year. That was the last thing you shot last year. And it was – you shot it. It was facing you. It was 220 yards or something. I don't know. It was yeah. a couple hundred yards facing you, and you shot that, and it it ruined a lot of meat. I mean, it ruined it ruined the back straps. It ruined the I mean the loins. I mean, it just that that was almost too much of a wonderful thing with that bullet. It was it was devastating. I mean, if you'd have shot a bull elk. With that same bullet, not that I, I don't see myself using a 22 Creedmoor to elk hunt, but that sucker, it was, it's hard on stuff. Dude, it, it, it absolutely ripped it up. And I watched that bullet the whole way. I mean, that's the, I mean, and now that's a 17 inch barrel, and we built that on a light stock. Yeah. We, we need to redo that. Yeah, I'm going to put a different stock on It was on the that. first one that we built and we didn't... Because half the fun of yeah. shooting coyotes is not just yeah. killing them. It's watching them get killed. <laughs> watching the bullet hit them. <laughs> watching the bullet totally torch them. So on that, I'm going to build that. I, you do know why you shoot coyotes, right? To, sh to shoot them. <laughs> to put them in the back of the truck. <laughs> That's not necessarily That's true Just either. to put them in the back <laughs> of the truck. A lot of times I'm like, yeah, that's a rough looking coyote. I'm not walking <laughs> No, even then I put them in the back of the truck. You got to show somebody you killed it um so anyway I, that's funny stuff but but i've i've crunched some numbers brian and to share with people so we've been shooting the 22 creedmoor and we've been shooting it with a 75 grain bullet and we and and, and the six creedmoor but we're shooting it with a heavier rifle i, I think i want to say my rifle's 11 pounds oh yeah you know i know well just for fun let's so normally the it, the apples to apples comparison the 22 Creedmoor shooting our 75 grain bullet, we get about seven pounds of felt recoil. Seven pounds, that's yes, it. Seven the 22 pounds. Creedmoor? The 22 Creedmoor with okay. the 75 grain bullet. Okay. Now, interesting, when we load that up with the 88 grainers, we get about eight. Eight wow. pounds. Wow. Now, in the six Creedmoor, in our mountain rifle system, we're going to get about 9.4 foot pounds of recoil on that. So and you're yeah. So what's my six creed more? Did you just say? In a in a mountain rifle, yours is more of our prairie rifle. Right. So what what do you think it is with a prairie rifle? I'll tell you. And just I just need to crunch the numbers here, because um, I didn't do that one. It'll just take me a second, and I will tell you that one is going to be. So it's going to go up from. Um, from 9.4 pounds, it's going to go down to 7.7 .7 pounds. So my, my felt recoil when I shot my elk, which I watched both of them. I watched yeah. the vapor kill basically right out of my barrel Yeah. Um, with that six screed more, and it hammered it. Now, I know so many guys that want to shoot a 308, 300 short mag, 300 wind mag. Okay, so I got some numbers here. Now, these aren't with your calculator, but let's say the average 
um, rifles, nine pounds. And these are all between 8.5 and 9.25 pound rifle. But this chart I'm looking at, what'd you say mine was? Your rifle is about 7.7 foot-pounds of... Okay, so you ready for this? A yeah. 300 wind mag, go 180 grains on an 8.5 mountain rifle, 2960, 25.9. 25.9. 25.9. 25.9. 25.9. 25.9. 25.9. 25.9. 25.9. 25.9. 25.9. 25.9. 25.9. 25.9. 25.9. 25.9. 25.9. 25.9. 25.9. 25.9. 25.9. 25.9. 
and because they're, they're going to be just down, they're going to be as high as the snow has pushed them down. Is that not what right. they said? Yeah. And so I went with the rifle, knowing you and I weren't going to hunt together, that I could follow my own shot, recover from a miss if I'd miscalled the wind or something, and I wasn't counting on the guide because most guides are not equipped or have enough experience or competency. Most of the time, you don't get a lot of assistance. Right, and that doesn't make them a bad guide. Most of these guides are killing machines. They know right. exactly what to do. But when it comes to the shooting part, it's like yeah. the it's like the the sheep hunt we did in uh, um in uh, in Mexico that was a total cluster that the yeah. guide was trying to tell us exactly. Yeah, too um, much how help of the wrong kind is the worst thing you can ever get yeah too and much that was yeah that shut guy, the f up and listen to me i'm telling you yeah. listen to me i'm telling you how to make this shot at 580 yards yeah. um that wasn't that wasn't what we we, we know better than that right so, that's not his fault it's just ego got in the way there yeah but anyway yeah. that was a, that was yeah, a I seven. that was a seven mag that was a good brake rifle because in your defense i i remember when you shot that ram Okay, I shot it. I see blood. I'm going to shoot it again. I'm following up with the same shot. I mean, you you were you were giving us a diatribe. I was because the next time, so the, then when, when I shot that ram, I did. Okay, he goes, all right, is spotter ready? And he's like, okay, you can shoot it. And I'm like, I saw before he could even say anything. Saw impact, uh, good hit. I'm following up because you and I were taking that. We were taking over that. Does yeah. that make sense? I was going to give you what I heard, and then I shot it again. Yep, saw impact. A a little bit behind the first shot. So he goes, no, I think you missed. You no, know, I saw the bullet. We it need it. to develop that footage. That was amazing <laughs> footage that we got. Anyway, we're getting sidetracked. Yeah, we're digressing. Um, but uh, but that's the advantage of the 6 Creed, the 22 Creed, the 6.5. Even the 6.5. Well, you we, followed your shot, didn't you? I did follow How far shot. was it? It was 444 yards. 444 yards, 6.5. And, um, and, you, and you were prone. I was prone. I was. It was. My setup was unbelievably perfect and and you smoked it yep. saw it hit it yep and then and you jacked another one in stayed with it and shot it on the run did you not i did the guide was a little surprised he said holy it <laughs> you hit it again on I the run did. but when you're laying prone and you can follow your shot see yeah. that's there's something to be said so now let's say you were shooting 143s right let's say yep. and, and and let's just say we yep. were okay what's 143 and 143 it's 286 right Right. So you got 286 grains into that sucker. You got <laughs> 286 grains in there. And what was your said recoil or felt recoil on your rifle? Well, my rifle, because I was No, it's the, the only five. way to look at it. I like this it was, math. It was 18 foot-pounds versus 9.4 on yours. Okay, so yours is 18 foot-pounds. Well, actually, your rifle, since you're shooting heavier, you were shooting 7.7. Seven, seven, so. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you you're shooting sh eighteen foot pounds, and you shot two hundred and uh, what did we say forty six grains of uh, lead into that animal in in a matter of seconds, and then what did we say was thirty five for hundred and eighty grains thirty five pounds. So you were able to shoot twice and have the same felt recoil as a 180 300 wind mag um, did, and you only got 180 grains. So let's do the mathematical. How much? How much more <laughs> by percentage? So so I think that's that's uh, that's that's 50 percent larger bullet. That's a 50 percent larger bullet, uh, more lead into the animal. Are you like dollar cost average? Yeah, I am exactly. <laughs> Uh, I am. Well, I'm sitting here. I, I'm sitting here thinking through this, you know, conceptually. Holy shit. 
you got 243 grains into it because you're able to follow your shot, stay on the animal, and some guy would have shot this with a 300 wind mag that only shoots. And I'm not busting on you. I'm actually imploring you to go practice with the rifle, put a break on the gun, do something so you can follow the shot because the animal, you shot it twice. I shot mine twice within seconds. Yeah, mine was within seconds, too. So I hit it. It falls. It starts sliding. He's like, don't shoot again. It's sliding. I go, I'm seeing it. He goes, you're back on it. I never got off of it. Right. And he's like, no way. You never got off. I jacked another shell in and never left right. it. And then I'm like, okay. Um, I go, the minute it stops or slows, I'm going to put it right on the crease of its elbow and put one in its heart. Toof. I watched the bullet hit it, and he's like, he's like, holy smokes. Now, what I'm not doing is bragging about what type of shots we are. I'm telling you with the right equipment and lower recoil how fast you can make it work. Right. For big guns, I there's not tons of people who've probably shot more through a 300. Well, when I met egg. you, you you were shooting a. Th- I thought you were the meanest, baddest son of a son of a gun on planet Earth because the first hunt. Knew how, yeah, here I am. Your fragile guy. little thing. No, <laughs> seriously though, your first gun when we the first. Uh, I, I was shooting a seven mag. I had a twenty-two, two fifty, and a seven mag that I built in a Browning A bolt, and I had Strickland here in town set them both up for me. Yep. And I had him uh, glass bed the action in the barrel or the action, and then I had him do a trigger job on both of them. There was both my extended range rifles, twenty-two, two fifty, and I had um, a certain um, uh, optics on it that I don't shoot anymore, right. and but because they were just a heavy bow yep. anchor. So anyway, we went on that first hunt. You had a Huskamaw yep. on your um, – and I and I just tell everybody I had a Night Force on mine. Yep. You had a Huskamaw. This is the first one we went on together. Your barrel was completely shot out. I watched you shoot that 300 rum unbraked, and I was sitting there thinking to myself, that is the <laughs> baddest one, mother. I, one tough son that's of a one bitch. tough son of a bitch. How, how the hell? I'm like – and then, then at the end of the trip, you're like, dude, I think I shot my barrel out. I'm like, how do you even shoot a barrel out like that? I shot my 22-250 all year because I only like – to shoot my braked seven millimeter, you know, maybe a dozen times. Well, that was a year. like those were that was like eighteen years ago, wasn't it? Yeah, 15, it was eight, 18, 18, Yeah, whenever it we was got started with this, but w- which don't ever say that again. But that's but we didn't. I didn't have a bore scope at that point. But in hindsight, we, we have a bore scope in house now. Well, yeah, <laughs> but you you know, after I started shooting barrels out, it was interesting to look down them and see how because I I'm I've. I've shot barrels way past when it was ideal time to retire them, but it used to be really hard to replace a barrel. It's just timing was hard. But anyway, those guns, that gun, I figured with that rifle set up, I was somewhere in the 38 foot pounds of felt recoil. You might as well just, you should let me punch you in the collarbone at least three times on every hunt now. Um, about a third of my full force, just so I can feel better, so and you can remember what it's like to shoot such a stupid. You know what's funny, Brian? Because how many, those range <laughs> dial forty-one pounds. So we have a, we have a service that people can send their their rifle into us with the ammo that they like to use. Yep. And they can range dial and dump and we'll set it up. You have a rifle you love. Send us the thing. We'll put a scope. We'll put everything on it. We'll get it together. Nobody here likes to shoot the 300s or any of that. And I've gotten it. No, I always love it when a 308 comes in because I'm like, dude, I am. Well, first of all, I don't go down and do it that much. I'm not going to lie. And number and second of all, when the 308s come in, I'm like, dude, um, Darren's like, that's a Brad rifle right there. (laughs) Yeah, it seems like I always get the. Yeah, that's by design. Like, Oh, gosh, this is a. This is a beast. But here's the thing. Though, I'm, I'm not saying a 300 is a bad rifle because they've killed more things with a 300 Win Mag than, you know. I mean, it's, it's, great it, it's a killing machine. It's unbelievable. But in but my the, opinion, you should have it braked. But the, the, the counter argument is you've got to be willing 
to live with the recoil, which is going to, that's going to be the counter argument. And guides it. hate it braked. They hate it braked. They, they're like, don't, don't break it. But the fact of the matter is I've seen more guys that come to shooting schools now that, that have no business shooting because they flinch. They, they can't even hardly shoot a good group at 300 yards. And then we go, okay, do this. I mean, just how many times have we had a guy that could, you could just see him anticipating the shot in their rifle when they got here at a shooting school. Well, this is one of the reasons we don't have them bring their own rifles anymore. Right. And then we would take the rifle and say, hey, listen, would you mind just shooting a group with our six, this six Creedmoor? And then what happens to them? What happens to their group, first of all? They can't, first of all, they can't believe the gun usually. It's funny. And then, and then it just, the group gets so much smaller. So here's my question. Would you, so my thing is, is just find a rifle caliber that you're not scared of and shoot it. I'm not scared of a six. And, and does a six, five hurt me? No. I mean, and does a seven hurt me? No. I can shoot a seven. I like to shoot yeah. him with a break because I like to follow up. You know, I, I, to some degree, I'm embellishing a little bit. It's not like a seven mag. Oh, my shoulder hurts after one or two shots. That's, and I don't flinch from it. But I found a caliber that I like to shoot and I'm lethal with. And well, it's a six creed. We've done, we've done a ton with a seven, and it's one of the best. I, I would take a seven to it, kill, uh, to kill a, a bear and a moose in yeah. Alaska all day long. But – in our mountain rifle systems, those are about 25 foot-pounds of recoil. So 25 versus even the, the 6.5 Creedmoors or the 6.5 PRCs that we shoot or the Shermans, you're down to 18. That's a big difference. It's really noticeable. And what we found is most people shoot the initial shot better with a lighter kicking rifle, and they're able to follow their shot. They're able to make follow-up shots. There's so many advantages to less recoil that the difference in the wound that produces seems like it's somewhat immaterial what they get smashed with. If you got to shoot it with a six uh, Creedmoor, a six five Creedmoor, or a three hundred um, wind mag, and you center punch gut shoot a moose, there's a high probability you're losing it with all three of them. Well, that's a bad day. No matter what caliber you shoot. Exactly. So you move it forward into the lungs. Now, is would I shoot a moose with a six creed more and go on a dedicated moose hunt with a six creed more? No. Right. I wouldn't. Yeah. It's, but if I was hunting sheep and I had a moose tag in my pocket. 100%. And I saw a moose at 300 yards, I could have three shots in those lungs in no time. Right. Yep. Like Bailey, her first deer, she shot with a six creed more. She shot it three times. She saw every bullet, didn't she? Yes, sir. 100%. Boom. Just like no that. No problem. How much did that gun, was that, did that gun hurt you when you shot it? No. And you were 14? I was 13. 13. Yeah, you were 13. Didn't even feel it. Didn't even feel it. No. A the deer felt it. A suppressed six Creedmoor. Smashed it. Yeah, and that's the other thing. You give it to anybody. That six Creedmoor of mine, I don't know how many animals it's killed, but how many people have we just said, here, just lay down and shoot this thing. Um, they missed with their rifle. Lay down and shoot this thing. Well it's into a, the three it, digits. Well into the three digits. It's yeah. a 550 yards. Just lay down and shoot it with this. Yeah. Right here. We just dial it. Let's lay down. Put it. Just hold those crosshairs you know, on its front shoulder. Boom. Everything from prairie dogs up to elk. It has. It's killed everything yeah. from prairie dogs to elk. Yeah. Um, I mean, look at that deer we shot a few years ago at 580 quartering at us. Yeah. It went in its front shoulder and came out its hip. Yep. Complete pass through. Yep. Because there must have been the bullet had slowed down enough where it didn't. Yeah. It, it, it was holding well, together. We, we definitely find in that caliber, in that bullet in particular in that gun, 
that you're more likely to get pass-throughs when they're farther shots. Yeah, four to 600 yards versus two to three. Yeah, two, two to, to four. three, we never mm. get pass-throughs. We don't get pass-throughs. No, the, the bullet's going five, six, at seven, such a hypersonic, hypersonic, right? Or what was it? A supersonic. Yeah. It just poof. Yeah. So, like, what did I shoot my antelope with this year? Uh, it was about seven-something, wasn't it? Yeah, you know what's embarrassing to me? Yeah, it was, 720. Yeah, and that was zipping right through. Yeah. Um, yeah, it did, zipped right through. Well, I shot, shot one of 1,013. 1,004 yards. 1,004. Yeah. And, and it uh, – You um, hit it twice, didn't twice, you? Twice, and, you and just, it zipped uh, right through it. it. Just wrecked it. I mean, so it wasn't like these were just uh, full metal jacket piercings. I mean right. – it wrecked the internals because we did an necropsy on that it one. It did, too. yeah. And it was a hot mess, but you know, it, it, it seems to. It seems that's a that's a long ways out there. There's a long ways. I remember going to get it, going. That's honestly, that's just too far to shoot an animal. So it's a long ways anyway. <laughs> you yeah, you're like I don't know if it's too far to shoot an animal, <laughs> um, but anyway, um, yeah. the fact of the matter is, yeah, yeah, and then. You know, like we've we've done quite a bit, not near as much with the twenty two Creedmoors, but we've done a lot, and that's been that's been a really good cartridge. One of the things we're going to try this year is we're going to load instead of the seventy fives, which is what we've done everything so far with, we're going to put eighty eights in there and uh, play with that. But even that, it it, uh, it raises the recoil up a little but, bit. But we've shot a lot with bigger calibers, too. Yeah. The, there was a flats break that Montana Rifle made on our first extended range custom systems that we were selling to people, which we still have those out there everywhere. Yeah. Actually, Scott Palmer said the other day, man, he took that's one of his favorite guns ever. Yeah. Um, and the fact of the matter is, is that uh, um, those things are braked and they jump more than they necessarily kick it's they had not a, uncomfortable to shoot no but it's harder to spot your shot it's it is harder to spot your shot but the, but 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 like um I, i'm thinking that like you and i doubled up on those uh um those uh mountain goats yeah and we were at the highest point because i remember asking aaron the night before so we rode in it was dark we were looking for um we were looking for mountain goats, didn't see any. And I said, like, where, where do you see them? Will you see them in the crags? Will you see them? Where will you see them? He goes, you're going to find them at the tippy top of the worst in this valley. So That's the next morning, <laughs> the next morning we're having breakfast. And I'm like, well, there's the tippy top of the nastiest thing I can find. I look up there and I go, well, there's three billies right up there. And Aaron's like, you're so full of shit. And I'm like, got the spotting scope on me. It's like. I'll be damned. There, there is, and that's where we found them. But when we got to them, they had went over the top of that mountain and were bedded down about what four or five hundred yards off them peaks. Yep, they were four. I think they were four something, four twenty-five or something. And we were on the jaggedest, knifiest top of the tip of the top, shooting down on those. Yep. Because I, I when I ranged it, I used my inclinometer, and it was thirty-five degree slope. So that's like almost. I mean, it that's was really steep. Because I remember how hard it was. Because I, I had a ledge below me that I was able to put my pack, my yeah, bipod your on, bipods, on, and, and then, then I elevate my, it with your pack. I had my pack. I remember, and I was sitting to the right, and I had to get my muzzle around you yeah. so it didn't blast you. And then you shot first a dozen times, and then I shot second <laughs> once. Uh, <laughs> Truth be told, it was three. Okay, well, whatever. <laughs> we were trying to double up, and I think the instructions were, if I've said this once, I've said it 100 times because I heard it. Okay, Brad, if you have a really good shot on the first one, it's a killing shot, 
don't shoot again, let your animal expire. Is it's that not true. what you heard? It's true. That's that's. Oh yeah, and then and then and then your first shot was was it really a good, well played shot? It was a really good shot. Right behind his what? Yeah, right, right, in, right, right in the boiler room. Right behind his shoulder. Yeah, and it totally took its front wheel well, off, didn't it? And as I remember, yeah, you just it, couldn't help yourself. As, as you I remember it. it, I waited longer, but on the playback of the tape. Oh I, yeah, no, it was like seconds. It was yeah, like two seconds. Yeah, I it was, give you it was under three because we've we've looked at it on the uh, timeline in the video because the video doesn't lie. No, Does that it, make sense? I mean, you can't embellish. No, with, I thought I waited longer okay. for you to shoot, and I was wondering what was taking you. So, so long. you obviously followed your shot to the animal. Yeah. With a 180 grain bullet in a seven, that and and it was seven. it's braked, right? Yeah, oh, it's got a really good brake. And then you cycled, and within under three seconds, you had another bullet in it, which you weren't supposed to. Is that not right? Well, that's no. Were you not? Were you instructed to put a second? Were, were you instructed? Were you instructed to put a second bullet <laughs> no, in? No, I wasn't. You were instructed was, not to, but I you did it little, anyway. I got and a then, little greedy on and the trigger. And then so hold on. I, then, I do so apologize. then real quick. Then. Was there another bullet after the second one that you weren't supposed to shoot? There was. And then how many seconds was that? Uh, I don't know. That was four. It wasn't. Four seconds. So within five-second period, you had three shots in that. If you didn't have a rifle, you could follow your shot. I don't care who's calling for you. You couldn't have done it. Even with a 180-grain bullet. Yep. So that's because of that break on the end. Yep. So all we're saying is build a rifle that you can handle the said felt recoil so you can follow your shot because – a lot of times the outfitters aren't good at this. Yeah, no, most of the time. Yeah, Aaron did a great job. That that he did. Yeah, he told you to stop shooting. No, he didn't say that. He implied it at the <laughs> beginning, but he didn't say anything about it. At as my as my mountain goats <laughs> running around down there, going, "Where the hell's what's what's going on?" Goats are running, things are dying, and I and but it was okay. I stayed on mine. And how many, good job. how many times did I shoot? You just shot once. Yeah, on low power because I had to chase him around at the bottom. Of the, not at the bottom, but in that little cliff that they were on. They were like in this little bench. So this summer, you know what we should work on as one of our drills is our one, two, three shoot thing. We no, we should that. not work on that because you'll just be boom, boom, boom. <laughs> oh, forgot we had to wait till three. Um, so no, it actually would be a good thing to yeah, work on. We should work on that. But the fact of the matter is, Following your shot is more important. So now, okay, a lot That's of times. one of the primary things that we work on. And, and that was a combo hunt. So we were going to be shooting um, moose on that hunt yeah. as well because I did kill a moose on that hunt. Yeah, great moose. And the right above your head, Bailey. Yep. And then the fact of the matter is that we took sevens. We didn't take 300s. No. We didn't take 338s. And we wouldn't have been able to do what we did with a 338 that wasn't braked that we couldn't have followed the shot. No. And so I just think that it's so imperative for us and what we do to be able to follow your shot. And so thus, we find the optimal bullet for us and caliber that we feel the most lethal with. And for me, most of the time, if I'm not hunting with somebody that can call my shot, my concluded conclusion is the lighter, the, the six is my sweet spot. Six is really a good spot. Because it? I can follow the shot and I feel super lethal with it. Yep. For sure. If you shoot, uh, if you shoot a, uh, um, I now I'm, did we? If you shoot a, if a forty pound bow shoots an elk with an arrow that's sufficient for a forty pound bow, and let's say Bailey goes and shoots a elk with a bow and she can pull forty five pounds, that arrow goes into the side of that bull, doesn't penetrate the other side. But it gets both the lungs, and that 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 runs off with that broadhead inside of both those lungs. Yeah. 
or we shoot a 97.99 pound um, 750 million grain arrow out of a Cameron Haynes bow, <laughs> and we shoot the same elk and it blows completely through, which, be dead. which which one kills it better? Which one makes it deader? Yeah, they're gonna. They're, they're they both gonna be, make it dead. They should be equivalently dead. And is one gonna be faster than the other? No, but if Bailey shot a big bull elk with her forty pound bull, we're gonna have to tie rope to her legs to drag her back out when she's gutting it. Yeah, because she she <laughs> yeah because she well, she ain't gonna gut it. But anyway, you're gonna rely on Dad and Brad. Huh? The 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 the, the, the <laughs> fact the the fact of the matter is the fact of the matter is is I feel like the bullet's the same thing. You, I've heard you make that argument in camp because we get a lot of, a lot of pushback. I'm like, eh, whatever. So when a guy comes in and he says, I'm shooting a, a super light little arrow with 55 grains because that's what I'm comfortable shooting because I'm 60 years old and I have bad shoulders, but I can, I can hit an aspirin at 30 yards with it. Um, or you got a guy come in and he's shooting a 95-pound bow with a heavier grain, heavier spined arrow, and he can barely hit a pie plate at, 50, at 30 yards. Which, which one would the guide rather have? He'd rather have the aspirin shooter. With 55-pound bow? Yeah. Would you rather have the aspirin shooter that can manage a six creed more? Or would you rather have the guy that can barely hit um, a pie plate at 300 yards with a 300 Win Mag? Yeah, exactly. That's my – and I don't know if it even yeah. makes sense to have that argument, but I think it's worth well, on, considering. On all of the damage – that we've, I mean, it's funny when you look at my phone. I just have hundreds of these pictures on these necropsies. You can't tell one from the, the other. The only thing that you can tell different is we've shot some with different style of bullets that are oftentimes considered, you know, the cat's meow, and they don't they don't create they don't create the soup pile inside that uh, it's really imp uh, surprising. Sounds like I'm taking a dump. I, I, <laughs> You want to talk? I, no, I just you, no. you, a light switch just went on my head. You know, I don't want to disclaim. You know, I don't want to disclose anybody's name here. Okay, and I don't want to embarrass anybody here, and I don't want to shame any caliber here. It's not what I'm trying to do, but I'm going to give point to what we're saying. What caliber are you going to shame now? We were <laughs> we were in a trophy unit this year. We drew after eight points. And we drew a trophy antelope, and we all went. It was Brandon Neal who shot his twenty-two cal, twenty-two Creedmoor. I shot my six. You shot your six. Okay. I made one of the toughest shots I've ever shot at three hundred fifty yards on my knees with shooting. Six. Oh, when I was because I was filming, and I was like, <laughs> oh, that's going to be a bearcat of a shot." This uh, glad he's doing it. I don't want to make that shot. And 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 you were all strung out. You didn't because you couldn't because we could barely get over this oh, rise. It was flat, and there was couldn't. there was. There was a hundred head in there. You could there's two hundred eyeballs in. looking I was at like, us. Ooh, this is going to be rough. We got it. We killed it first you shot. Did. That was a smoked really good it. shot. Anyway, my point is that th there was a guy in camp before us that killed a giant and a really nice uh, antelope. Stud. And he like had some. He had some uh, um, Shaco four fifty eight oh. seven hundred Kasul neck down no, no, to no, a no, thirty two no. uh, mag by a twenty two forty one seventy eight hike hike. It was Kick a 7-300. That's right. It was a 7-300, nastiest killing thing ever. What bullet was he shooting? Was it doesn't matter because we're not going to poo-poo yeah. on it. Shot it three times. The guide said it was the most, the longest that ever he's, they'd ever seen anybody take to kill an animal, and that poor animal suffered doing it. Oh. What did they say about the three of us and the six Creedmoors and the 22 Creedmoor? 
Well, I think especially the 22 Creedmoor, they said, holy. Because um, it's candid. Brandon oh. shot that thing at 480 yards or something, 580 yards, and it just dropped in his tracks, never made another um, move. Okay, am I, yeah. am I, I, yeah. I, am I, my, it might have been a 600 yard shot. I, I don't can't remember. remember what his was. We Yours was 710, I think, 711. Yeah. It was some, seven and some change. And we had some elevation on yours, so we yep. got a good range. We knew what it was. Yep. And we were, and you made a hell of a shot, hit it twice. Yeah. Both sides, both times. Back a little bit. I think I shot it three times, didn't I? You, you hit, well, I, I just remember you hit it back yeah. in a paunch. Yep. And then, because it was hard to see that wind down that yep. valley. And I said, I need an extra uh, minute of left wind. And you sent it within three seconds. You yep. made the adjustment and you absolutely, and then it was yep. done. And yeah, the third time you hit it for good measure because you wanted to shoot again. That was just Brad, a Brad thing. So, um, sounds, re- sounds reasonable. And I shot mine at like 350 to 380. And it took two steps and tipped over. Yeah. My point is, is that, um, yeah, the the 45-pound bow arrow taking out both lungs is the same as the 90-pound bow taking out both lungs. Well, there's, there's probably, you're right, there's probably more to this equation because we do shoot really good, which some people wouldn't consider the right bullet. But the right bullet, from experience, just has been traumatic and amazing. A hundred percent. It's been crazy. Just been crazy. Yeah. Hey, real quick, go over to rollingbones.com. If you get a chance, go to rollingbones.com. Check out our membership. Um, we have a membership for everybody, uh, $50 a year, $150 a year, or $500 a year for our platinum. Anyway, any one of those memberships helps you get started with a uh, hunting strategy, an adventure strategy, uh, and most of all, an application strategy. If you're not applying um, out there and accumulating points, I used to say in western states, but now it's all of them. I'm getting points in Minnesota, Wisconsin, Iowa. Uh, I'm, I'm building points in all those states as we speak. But if you don't have uh, a plan, give us a call. You can or send us an email at Info at rbohome.com, info at rbohome.com, or you can uh, DM us on Facebook or Instagram, and that is under Rolling Bones Outdoors. You can find us there, um, and you can get a hold of us that way. And then if you'd like to do it old-fashioned, you can just type into the keyboard 605-644-8000, You'll be sent to a directory which will prompt you to pick a department, do either applications, adventures, or products, and we actually we do it old-fashioned. We speak English, we pick up the phone, and we talk to you. I mean, it's a revolutionary concept, but we'd love to have a conversation with words and help you get a strategy. We really want to help you with your next adventure and making it a trip of a lifetime or start you on an application strategy or your kids on an application strategy that delivers amazing hunting adventures and fishing adventures to your front doorstep. That's who we are. We are your adventure experts. So anyway, back to the podcast. What's your goal for this year? You have a, you have a big year coming up. We both have. I'd like to really shoot twelve hundred rounds. Twelve hundred rounds. Yep, I'd 12 like twelve to fifteen ish. Twelve to fifteen ish. Something. Yeah. I'm going to set up another little ranger for myself. I've sold the last uh-huh. couple, um, and I'm I'm going to and I'm not including those. Yeah. I'd like to shoot my six Creedmoor. Um, I'd actually like to burn the barrel out and see how many rounds it does take because I have a lot through it. Yeah. Um, and uh, um, you and I, have, you've shot, uh, you've shot custom hot loads. I've shot 108 Hornadies uh-huh. the entire time. So it'd just be interesting to see how many how rounds. Long, how long, yeah, your bo- your gun's not slipping at all. No, right now. and I got probably four or five thousand rounds through it. Yeah, easy. 
Yeah, that's impressive. Yeah. So anyway, my goal is 1,200. How about yours? Yeah, I'd like to shoot more than 1,000, try to get somewhere between 1,000 and 2,000 rounds. I'd like to summer. shoot a bunch on our lease with wind variables yep. at 200 to 600. Yeah. Two to seven. I mean, the thousand yard stuff's fun, yeah. but but I really want to. I really would really like to just build an impact chart for myself in my journal at at two to six hundred with different wind variables, yeah. and I'd like to do three shot groups impact charts and really know that gun. So because then mentally, subconsciously, when I up it to the six five PRC in um you know Tajik and on in the Yukon. Um, then my brain doesn't, you know, my muscle memory is locked. Right. Yeah, I, I'm thinking a lot of. Uh, and that's the other benefit uphill, of lower, smaller caliber practice. Uphill and downhill. A yeah. A lot of uphill and downhill this this summer. We should try to really push that. Yeah, and just really build that confidence. Yep. And uh, um, and then that way uh, um, we can deliver. You know, this will be my biggest year of um, fiscal expenditures ever in a single year in hunting. Mm-hmm. And I've done a lot of hunting. I've done Newfoundland, Alaska twice, New Mexico, and Montana, Wyoming, South, South Dakota. Dakota, all in one year. All in one year. Yep. And had an epic year that year. I should actually write an article on that. Yeah, that was my, my biggest year ever. Um, and I killed three book animals that year. But this will be a bigger year for me. And so shooting and practicing and making sure that I am – uh, prepared to execute because I, I mean I've never been to Tajikistan. I'm going to shoot an ibex, a Marco Polo, a Fanon. Um, uh, I have two mule deer trophy mule deer hunts, yeah. so I have a big year. Well, we have a really neat place to shoot and practice in the summer leading up to that. You know, if you want to come shoot with us, you guys out there listening, um, give us a call. It'll be fun. Yeah, go to RollingBones.com and go to a dashboard. Click on courses. And you'll see our shooting courses on there. We'd love to have you. People say all the time, well, I've never shot long range. Where do I even start? I don't know if I want to come to a course. Yes, you do. Because this is not a long range course, even though at the end of the uh, second day, you'll be shooting out to 1,000 yards. This is absolutely an extended range hunting course. And we implement practices that we uh, execute every day out in the field. And we would love to have you. That first course is 1,500 bucks. That includes your rifle rental and your ammo, and your meals, not your lodging. So we give you a day and a half adventure with a extended range rifle. You will be shooting our six Creedmoors built, the same ones that we basically hunt all over the world with, and, uh, um, and you'll be able to experience that. No matter your shooting ability, we'd love to have you. Go check on that if you're looking for an uh, inexpensive adventure that gets you a lot of time behind the trigger. That's one of them, wouldn't you say? For sure. That's... Uh most of the time, people shoot more that weekend than they've really put through their gun in preparation <laughs> ever. And that's My favorite part is where people see it at 500 yards the first time they lay down. They go, I don't know if I'll be able to shoot that. And by 3 o'clock in the afternoon, they're sitting on their butt shooting off of hammers. Um, shooting and, sticks and, and hitting 700-yard steel. And they're hitting 700-yard steel. Wow. And, they, and they literally forget that they have a gun. They want to drop it and jump up and throw their hands up like they just killed a 200-inch deer yeah. because they feel so good about it. So anyway, well, hey, before we go, just a quick reminder. Subscribe to Hunt the World wherever you get your podcast. You'll find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and pretty much wherever else that uh, you can get podcasts. We really appreciate you listening today. Make sure you share this podcast. 
uh, with uh, people you know. It is our desire. We take no sponsorships for this. It is our desire just to bring um, our experience, knowledge, service, access, value, and education to you, the hunter and the outdoorsman. So until next time, stay safe, be healthy, and happy hunting. Stupid, isn't it, Bailey? (laughs) Ha, 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 ha.